With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, the trade deadline has come and gone, and almost no rockets have gone, and very few will be coming to Houston. This is Jonathan Fagan with Danielle Lerner with a special edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast, post-trade deadline edition. And you know, I felt bad for a month whenever we bring up the trade deadline, and I felt like I was pouring cold water on it. But now I feel bad that people didn't believe me, that they got their hopes up, they expected all these changes and fun trades to talk about, and they didn't get it. So. I hate to say I told you so because I hated to tell you so, but this is what we expected all along. I mean, if only people would just heed the pod. I think that's the lesson here. Still, the the deal that the Rockets did get done was advantageous in the short term. They didn't really need to do anything for the long term right now based on all of the young guys that they have. There's no point in adding a bunch of other young talent to the mix when you don't really know how your current young talent is going to pan out. So going and getting a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who will be a free agent after this season, and the Rockets don't have the bird rights to him, so he's probably not sticking around. So he's just kind of that stopgap to stabilize the second unit for the rest of this season. That's not really going to throw off your current players and their progress all too much. And then you're kind of doing a solid to Daniel Tice, who was completely out of the rotation, wanted to be back in Boston. You're letting him do that. And who knows what will happen with Bruno Fernando? You know, it seems like (laughs) having another big in the mix just in case someone gets injured, knock on wood, you know, can't be awful. But if they decide to, to waive him, no love lost there, really. So you're suggesting Bruno Fernando won't be getting private one on one workouts with Akeem Olajuwon anytime soon? Uh, maybe some some private one on one workouts with uh, with Alperin Shangun, which wouldn't be so bad because Alpi could use time banging with a really big guy, as he has pointed out. But you know, going back a little bit uh, for why the Rockets weren't very motivated to make major changes yet, um, it, they were shopping. Okay, let's see what we could get, but we're going to put this price on it. it. It's not an emergency closeout sale because the guys on their roster are not expiring contracts. They can try and trade them again. And so eventually you take what you can get. They didn't feel like they were at that stage. Plus, they wanted to be there. Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, they wanted to be here. They wanted to go through this process with the Rockets, which is says something for them, I think. But it, it's more reason to think, hey, it's not so bad if we make a trade later instead of now. It's not as if trade deadline buzzer goes off and Rafael Stone has to turn in his iPhone. Sorry, time's up. Put down your pens or, you know, here's your parting gifts. Go home. Uh, That's not the case. I don't, I'm still not going to predict, even though for a month I did predict the Rockets were not going to make a major trade with Eric Gordon and they were not going to get a huge haul or any of that stuff. 
I will not predict that he will retire a rocket. That, you know, when they'll have a retirement ceremony with Jalen Green standing on the side of the stage. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. He can still get traded before he might walk as a free agent. Hey, they might even pick up that last year of his contract. Probably not. But he will be under contract for next year. So we'll see. I put in last night's takeaways. You don't judge the final score at halftime. Uh, this game's not over. And in fact, and we might throw in a few minutes to talk about it, but the comparison I made last night was, it's like all these people screaming that Daryl blew it. He would never get anything for Ben Simmons. It's December. It's not the trade deadline. Analyze the trade after they make the trade. Well, the Rockets didn't trade Eric Gordon. Analyze the trade of Eric Gordon or the inability to trade Eric Gordon after that happens. It hasn't happened yet. So I, I, at the risk of sounding Aaron Rodgers-ish, relax. <laughs> it's not over yet. There, there isn't going to be one guy. And never, nobody thought this. I mean, Rocket fans have been very well informed and understanding where the Rockets are in the process and really on board with the process. But there was not one trade that was bringing in somebody who was changing the trajectory of your rebuilding. They weren't going to do that. And I don't think people were expecting that. Uh, they expected more fun. You know, they it, it really is a Christmas morning where they got socks. And so I understand the disappointment, but it, it's not time to judge. It just we'll see how it plays out in the rebuilding. And the rebuilding is still about Jalen Green, Alperin Shengun, Kevin Porter Jr., who looks good, looked good again last night at both baskets, if you know what I mean. Hey, look, I got I got to tell you, I, I get socks for every Hanukkah and uh, get socks and a calendar for the upcoming year. So it's all about perspective. I, I shouldn't have put down socks. You get a really good pair of socks and you notice the difference. If we ever refer to Dennis Schroeder as socks, only you and I will know what we're talking about. Well, that's not true. Now the millions of people who get the podcast will know too. I think I won't call him that though. But hey, socks, you know, the Dennis Schroeder thing, I that one I can understand being confusing. All right, you got to get something to make the money work. And, and so there's no harm, no foul in that he's an expiring contract. It's not like to do Daniel Tice a favor and to undo the free agent signing that didn't work. You had to take back a bad contract or give up an asset to get someone to take him. But I'm back and forth. Okay, Schroeder can take minutes away from a young guy, you know, and they need their minutes. Just like John Wall sitting and watching still. They need their minutes. On the other hand, watching these last handful of games, when the second unit gets on the court and it's a disaster, I don't know how much they're growing from that. Playing without a point guard, it's just... It, it was so bad again last night. Uh, the turnover issues are so bad. He, he's not a traditional point guard. We're not talking John Stockton handling the ball here. Although if he was John Stockton, he would be sort of in the Kyrie Irving department. But it, I, I don't know. Somebody just who's a veteran, who put the ball in his hands, run something, get it done. That could be good for development, too. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets bench has been one of the highest scoring benches in the NBA this season. And, and a lot of that is because they're playing a lot more when they're in these 30 point blowouts. But uh, they were averaging something like 40 
high 40s uh, a game in terms of scoring. In the last three games, they've averaged like 27 points. So it's not going well. Uh, last night it was 24 points. The game before that it was 19 points. So it's it's a problem. The turnovers are a problem. Um, the defense is certainly a problem, but that extends to the entire Rockets roster. Uh, so yes, hopefully uh, Dennis Schroeder will kind of serve as as uh, a rudder um, for this directionless second unit. Um, and who knows if... Rudder is way better than socks. Yeah, maybe maybe we should poll him on which one he likes better. Uh, but uh, yeah, rudder is, is what perhaps he can be. Maybe that helps Josh Christopher and um, some of the guys, young guys in the set, KJ Martin. It was interesting. I put in one of my stories uh, yesterday that, uh, you know, I can't remember because there was one I wrote that I never even sent. The the Rockets didn't do anything at the deadline store that I didn't send, but that I started writing when it looked like that's how it might go. But I think I did include the bulk of the calls that were incoming were about Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin. They weren't Eric Gordon, Christian Wood. People were trying to steal them. And so, you know, they're part of the future too, even though when I list guys, we talk about them. We were talking about Josh Christopher Alper and Shingun, Jalen Green, Usman Garuba, probably Kevin Porter Jr. This, those two guys are very interesting. Jay Sean Tate's already accomplished some things, being first-team rookie. Now he's in the Rising Stars. People appreciate what he brings. K.J. Martin has a long way to go, but he has already come a long way. So, you know, there's some interesting parts. The future is dependent on them. Uh, and then, obviously, the, and then the two first-round picks they have coming in. And that's another thing that a lot of people have sort of grabbed onto. The, the Rockets really didn't value a late first-round pick in the upcoming draft. And I believe Rafael Stone addresses that in my story today. And there's a press conference with him coming up shortly where I know he will be asked about that. That's under, for, besides that, that's the fashionable way to rebuild is put your draft picks that are you're getting from other teams down the road. Get them when those other teams might fall apart or, or at least be diminished, as we have seen with the Nets. That's become fashionable. But the Rockets really felt that way in that I don't need it now. I got four Four guys they just drafted as teenagers. They have two first-round picks coming up. As we talk now, the Nets pick is 16th in the draft. They really weren't motivated to get the 24th pick also, as opposed to a pick down the road that could improve from that. And if someone slips in the draft to 24 that they really like, well, then they can, okay, let's see if we can try and get in there. Uh, That's easier to do than to put picks together to move up a few spots. So I, you know, I think besides that, that's what a lot of teams are doing in rebuilding. That's become sort of the style. I think in the Rockets' case, it makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure that's what Rafael Stone will be talking about at his press conference today. Well, and of course, the the blockbuster deal that happened yesterday was involving James Harden and the Nets and the Sixers. Our old friend Daryl Morey um, got to reunite with Harden, and I think that that deal potentially could be advantageous to the Rockets. Um, if, if the Nets, you know, can't get their acts together, um, then that's going to increase the value of the Rockets picks that they got from the Nets. Of course, if it's the opposite, then it's the opposite. 
yeah, those are possibilities. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and it's good that we can talk about it now because next week, I guess, we'll have to talk about James Harden demanding to be traded to off of Team LeBron. And so while we wait for that, uh, you know, first of all, Harden gets what Harden wants. And he decided he wanted out of Houston and he wanted to go to Brooklyn. He got out of Houston and he went to Brooklyn. Then he decided he wanted out of Brooklyn and he wants to go to Philadelphia. And so he's going to Philadelphia. Uh, that guy is, is sort of the, the face of player empowerment now. For the best thing, I think, for the Rockets short term would have been for that deal to have failed and for him to stay in Brooklyn and let chaos reign. Have James been disappointed and angry and the hamstring, you know, this is just a podcast, so I'll do air quotes by saying I'm doing air quotes. The hamstring will continue bothering him. That would be the best chance for that pick to stay in the middle of first round where it is now. Um, you got to think once Kevin Durant comes back, they start winning games again. Long term or now post trade first, Ben Simmons is going to need some time. You know, he hasn't played since he melted down in the playoffs. And it is an interesting combination now that the Nets are relying on a guy who won't take two shots and a guy who won't take any. And so that's what they've got around Kevin Durant now. But then Kyrie Irving, you know, he's not playing. After they play in Miami on Saturday, he's not playing in seven of the next eight games because they're playing in New York you know, Brooklyn and one in the garden and they're playing in Toronto. So he goes back to being a spectator. Short term, that pick is looking way better than when the Rockets made the Harden deal. Long term, does getting Ben Simmons, who brings the defense, the Nets need, who can be a ball distributor, which is valuable when Joe Harris comes back, even if that's a future season, does that strengthen the Nets and weaken the picks that go to the Rockets. Uh, that, that's what is going to be interesting. I'm guessing you feel that the Nets will get better in the future than if they didn't make this deal. I mean, I think the the upside is higher, but again, like the risk is also higher for the men- the reasons you mentioned about Simmons. We don't really know where he's at right now because he has not done anything this this year. So, um, and then Kyrie is is also always a wild card, and I think that. As much as James Harden now has the reputation for a guy who just immediately ditches any unfavorable situation, that unfavorable situation in Brooklyn was caused in large part by Kyrie Irving um, and his, you know, ability to more so, as you put it, be a spectator than a teammate. So I think if that continues, obviously, that's not going to be a, a good situation no matter who they have on the team. Yeah, I like apparently Charles Barkley's been calling him half man, half season. And I really wished I thought of that one. <laughs> that is excellent. <laughs> and that's another factor in all of this. He, he's a free, he can be a free agent. Uh, does he walk? Does he say, I've had enough of this? Uh, I've had enough of whatever. New York, of course, you know, he is sort of a New York metropolitan area guy. But does he say, I'm out of here? Um, and then that hurts. And it all goes to, This is why, one, the Rockets wanted their Harden deal to not be about good, solid players coming back that don't really have the potential to be superstars. They wanted it to be about as many first-round picks unprotected as they could get. 
because things change. The, the famous Boston to Brooklyn trade of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry for a bunch of picks. Well, those picks became Tatum and Brown. Uh, the Rockets would love for it to work out that well for them. That's why they did it the way they did. And even some of the other deals, some of which maybe haven't worked out so well, but that was the thinking is things change if you get picks down the road, as we have now seen with the Nets. I mean, there's no way anybody thought in, in the first full season of their big three, that pick would be middle of the first round. It could be lottery, not just because they could lose their way to the lottery. Right now, they're in play-in situation. If they don't successfully play in, and if they are hosting those play-in games, Kyrie Irving won't be playing in them, suddenly you're in the lottery. I mean, the odds are very long, but wouldn't that be something if the Rockets' own pick falls from first, second, or third to sixth, but then the pick they get from the Nets jumps all the way up to first? That, that would be the funniest development of all. I mean, they, they would, as long as they're dream casting, I guess they'd like to get one into, but I, I, I don't know. I think they might, they might even prefer using, if they got one pick in the top three and they say it was number one, I think they'd prefer it to be the Nets pick just because it would be funnier. Crazy times we I live like in. Writing about that, that would. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that would. Oh my gosh, that would be a must-see draft lottery show. But uh, that's a long way off, and the odds of that are very small. And the Nets probably do make the playoffs, so it's good that we're getting it out there now because we probably won't be able to talk about that on draft lottery night in May or at the draft in June. But uh, then there's the other part of all of this. The other team in the blockbuster is Philadelphia, the favorite in the Eastern Conference right now. I think so. Really? I mean, you know, the Bucks are about where they were at this time last year. I think they're one game behind where they were, which is remarkable because uh, it doesn't. It seems like they're sort of sitting just off the pack at the front, but. They, yeah, I agree with you that they have a real chance. Boston's playing way better um, right now, but I'm not ready to just pick them. I'm not ready to pick Cleveland. Well, remember, now they I'm get Daniel Tice back, so watch out. Right. Boston's, you know, they got everything. Um, yeah, Philadelphia is good. The only thing more fun than watching Philadelphia now with Harden and Embiid trying to make the mix work, they will miss Curry a little bit, I think. Um, and I'm surprised they probably should have gone out and gotten some serviceable backup center since they were trading Drummond. But the only thing more fun than that would be a Philadelphia-Brooklyn series. Oh, my gosh. Ben Simmons back in Philly for three or four games. Oh, my gosh. That would be – and then not to mention Harden now. And I think New York fans are going to blame him much more than Kyrie Irving for not taking the shots, which led to everything coming apart. Kyrie Irving is so good. If he was playing every night, that team is winning way more. And James Harden's way happier. And James Harden's still in Brooklyn. And when Kevin Durant comes back, they got the big three. I think the the disaster of it all started when Kyrie Irving decided not to get the vaccination and New York put in ordinances that say you have to have it to get in the building. It, it wasn't James being James as much as what precipitated that. But New Yorkers will blame Harden when he gets back to town 
the competition to see who can boo more, the boo champions in Philadelphia or the New Yorkers who do view Philly as something of a rival, that would be some kind of series. I'm rooting for that matchup just for entertainment value. Well, I don't think we're going to be covering playoffs in Toyota Center. Uh, so I think we're, we, we might be able to check that out. And, you know, I, going back to all of this in the trade deadline, I don't think anybody was really thinking a trade deadline move would change that. The, the Rockets were are probably not a playoff team this or next year. And, but uh, I also think if it is all about rebuilding, it was smart not to get impatient with the process and just take what you can get as opposed to keep trying to get what you want, what you think you can get later. And and that, I think, is part of the pains of rebuilding that, hey, it could be worse. You, you could be, a, well, I don't know if this is worse, but trade deadline day worse. If this is how Rocket fans might feel, how do you think they feel in New York and Los Angeles right now? The two most disappointing teams in the league did nothing. We'll ponder that one until, I guess, next Tuesday. Rockets have one road trip left before the All-Star break. Oh, boy. To, to Utah, to Phoenix, and then the Clippers in the second half of a back-to-back before we set our sights on rising stars. Woohoo! Uh, that'll be good stuff. Yeah, you've got a long trip ahead of you. Yeah, it's going to be something, but at least I get to go to Cleveland. Uh Anyway, (laughs) until then, thanks for joining us on a special edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast. Get the podcast wherever you like to get your podcasts. And we'll be back again with you next week. But for Daniel Lerner, I'm Jonathan Fagan. Thanks again for being with us. 